You're listening to Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future with Naomi Brockwell. All that, I think it's good to, uh, you know, segue into Tether. So, <laughs> Tether. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting what's been happening there, right? Um, I think that Caitlin Long really summed it up the best. I really enjoyed her kind of uh, tweet storm where let me just pull that up because she she said she's stunned but not surprised by the bit for next tether news out of New York. So basically the news for anyone who doesn't know uh, is that they apparently used reserves to mask $850 million loss of client funds from 19, uh, from 2018 and this is what the New York Attorney General has said and then they are getting a court order to force Bitfinex to cease this cover-up. Now on the outside like we've been hearing about Tether for forever and everyone's been like oh Tether's terrible and Circle's better because it's like Tether but it's you know regulated and it's out in the open and it's transparent Mm -hmm. and there's an element of truth to that because they have been getting audits and they have like it's clearer what's going on and the thing that I think is most shocking for people is that Tether has always maintained that it's backed dollar for dollar. You know, whatever Tether exists, you know, you've got US dollar sitting in a vault somewhere that's going to back that up. Now, if we actually think about the realisticness, the realisticness, is that, did I just make up a word? The, we'll take the, it. The, whether, <laughs> or not is, whether or not it is realistic that people are just going to have all this money sitting in a vault and not being used, you know, what, it, what a huge waste of money because you're losing 2% a year in inflation alone. Mm-hmm. So obviously that money is always used in traditional finance. It's used to loan out to other people. So then... Tether released a statement not too long ago, about a month ago now, that's, that they changed their terms of service. And that kind of came out of nowhere. And it said, oh, we're no longer backed dollar for dollar in a vault. We're also backed by debt instruments. You know, we've loaned out money sometimes, but on the Mount due, we can back it, you know, dollar for dollar and all of these things. So that changed and everyone was like, oh, this is bad and they're terrible, but they're really just doing what everyone else in finance is doing right. And now you have mm. this that's happened and everyone went crazy. Now, I'm of two minds because I'm not sure I ever believed that uh, Tether was one-to-one in a vault sitting there because it seems incredibly (laughs) realistic, unrealistic. Um, That doesn't mean that Tether didn't work. I Mm -hmm. think Tether is a really useful tool. It's still by far the largest stable coin out there, which means that the market is also agreeing and saying, well, we think that this is a a good product. You know, the fact that when this news drops, the the price didn't really fluctuate too much. That's still sitting around a dollar. That is, again, a market signal that most people are saying, well, we don't really mind. I think the issue was that the narrative changed and it went from being like, oh, absolutely, one-to-one, this is all clear and transparent and great, to, oh, actually, these are debt instruments, to the Attorney General coming out and saying, well, this is a huge cover-up. But what I liked about Caitlin Long's big Twitter storm is she really points out the double standards of the Attorney General here because they're using the Martin Act, which, let me pull that up. So uh, it's this big anti-fraud law in New York and... uh, and it's, it basically grants the Attorney General lots of powers, uh, powers to go after people if they think that there's money laundering going on and all of this. So what's happened is they're now releasing a statement about um, uh, Bitfinex and Tether and they're saying this is this terrible thing, you've got to cease this cover-up. Meanwhile, 
Merrill Lynch did something very similar and they, they covered it up, you know. They, they, they tried to, to, they didn't want to create a bank run on these organisations. Yeah, it's almost like they're trying to incite one with this mm. cryptocurrency firm that's doing the exact same thing. Like Eric Voorhees said the same thing where he said, you know, if, uh, if this is true that, you know, what the Italian general says that Bitfinex hit a loss of $850 million and they're like co-mingling funds and all this to, to cover it up, it, it would just make Bitfinex like every other bank in New York, i.e. running fractional reserve banking. You know, that is like it's I like the fact that the crypto community understands fractional reserve enough to not like it. Mm -hmm. And they are railing against this. But I also don't like the double standards of the attorney general coming out and saying this is a terrible thing that happened. Meanwhile, every other financial institution is doing the same thing. So it's like, is this really interesting situation where they I mean, it seems to me like they're clearly just going after cryptocurrency. And you know, with the same way that they hid, they make the TARP bailouts in, in, in 09, like really opaque, they, they forced back banks like BB&T that wasn't in debt at all to accept money because they couldn't discriminate as to which banks were accepting it because that would create a bank run. That would show that your countrywide is insolvent. That would show that Bear Stearns is insolvent, like JP Morgan is insolvent. They didn't want to give that information to the public and incite that bank run. So they kept it all quiet and they forced people to take money. And now you have this situation where they're literally calling out a specific institution and saying, you, you, uh, you know, you can't have this cover up and we're calling you out and there's this court order. Like, I mean, it's just this very interesting um, hypocrisy that we've got right now. And yeah. I think anyone anyone who doesn't understand crypto, I mean, I, I totally agree with the crypto people. Like, I, I don't like fractional reserve. I don't really want to trust my money in an exchange if I know they're doing fractional reserve. I think we can presume that all institutions are. Like, unless there's a huge perk for me, like they're paying me a huge amount of interest in order to store my funds there and that makes up the risk you know, that it's not something that I want to consider, right? But it's uh, it's really not good for people not in crypto who don't understand how all this works to suddenly hear, oh, they're covering up hundreds of millions of dollars in, in loss and they don't realise that the exact same thing goes on with Chase Morgan, that the exact same thing is going on in all these other institutions. Mm -hmm. It's actually really crazy because the, the double standards are crazy, but I feel like it's just become so normal with with government and regulators and it's happening internationally it's happening domestically it's just the hypocrisy and double standards no no end almost you know the i just i look at it constantly and i just look at like the international sanctions regime for example it's it's built on double standards and hypocrisy the the entire thing you know it's you can sanction iran well look looking the other way well you know saudi arabia commits a genocide in yemen and continuing to sell them weapons right i mean that's wow. Massive double standards, and and we see that play out at every single level of government, and from the big to the small. And here we are, exactly with with tether, the double standards are they stink, absolutely. But the the thing I look back to on tether, and I've never been a massive tether fan, just because I feel like they've always been just super shady in everything <laughs> that they do, and it, it's it goes against in a way, kind of what we're trying to achieve with blockchain technology about actually you know some kind of transparency and some at least in some sort of situations and you know the the worst yeah okay they're practicing fractional reserve making which means that we've got this giant institutional player essentially within the crypto markets for the yeah. whatever degree they can be considered an institutional player in crypto and they're doing what everyone else is doing, but they're lying about it. They're saying we're not doing fractional reserve banking, but they're actually doing fractional reserve banking and they're doing things like, yeah, covering up that they 
you know, did some tricky accounting work and gave a bunch of shares up as collateral for the $850 million and all that stuff. And like, it's not, it's the thing is, it's nothing that no one else does. And that's, that's right. absolutely true. All the big banks are doing it. It's disgusting when they do it too. We want to demand better from our crypto companies and Tether's kind of no better than the big banks in this situation. And we've seen the level of shady stuff that they do. I mean, the fact that I really liked the Paradise Papers leak. I don't know if you kind of uh, saw this, but basically no. the 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 executive team at Tether was a secret before the Paradise Papers leak. They didn't advertise who the executive team was. The Paradise Papers leak came out, and it turned out that the entire executive team of Tether is the exact same executive team as Bitfinex, right. which is just like, why were you guys hiding it? Why do you have to be so damn shady all the time? Can't you just be at least a little bit transparent with us? And, we, you know, you wouldn't have this problem of, like, no one trusts Tether. Well, it's because you guys are always so damn shady. Just stop it. Stop it. <laughs> You know, but yeah. that's, but that just kind of goes back to the whole thing of because they keep doing all this shady stuff, which again is nothing that the big banks don't do. They're so shady, it's it's ridiculous, and they operate in such a, an opaque and gray zone all the time, and they love it there because they can manipulate that area versus a, a place of black and white where it's you have to do you know follow the rules or not follow the rules. Like, well, rules are kind of whatever we bribe politicians to make them to be, and, and that's not good. But I can also agree that. You know, this run towards more regulated crypto uh, stable coins, it's a positive and a negative thing, you know, because, again, yeah. it's like we were talking about, again, with the whole regulation scene is, yeah, okay, there's that. And you have to wonder, too, is let's keep it real. Circle, back to Goldman Sachs, right? They're running USDC. Gemini, we know the Winklevoss twins are all about compliance, uh -huh. right? The game in Wall Street is, you know, stab each other in the back kind of stuff. It's It's... It's a tough business there, right? To see that these actors might be calling up the attorney general and saying, hey, yeah. did you see what these other guys are doing? And that, of course, is a positive for USDC and for GUSD and the others. I like DAI, personally. because it's Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I'm not, I'm not convinced that it will work, um, but it's been a very interesting experiment. And definitely, if they can figure that sort of thing out, you know, having some sort of autonomous institution like i mean for me i think crypto is too volatile volatile for, for that sort of a system to yeah. work the amount of collateral now they're talking about like hiking fees again like it's just Stuff like 15 percent or something already, yeah in order ridiculous. to like balance that with like the volatility it's um yeah it, it, it's but it's very interesting and i really am hopeful about that but like what you're saying about gemini for example you walk around new york and every second bus stop and every second taxi has a sign saying you know, Gemini, the regulated exchange, you know, things like that, oh, because crypto should be regulated, all this stuff, like that's their rhetoric. And I don't look at that and feel pleased and feel like, oh, thank goodness, now something like Tether won't happen. <laughs> and like now you read Reddit comments where when this came out and people were saying like, see, this is why crypto can't be unregulated because things like this happen, you know, all of this stuff. And it's like, Really? I don't see the future of cryptocurrency of being like the Winklevoss twins with Gemini saying like everything, you know, we're completely in bed with government. Don't you worry about us. Like that doesn't <laughs> seem like a perk to me. So it's, um, I mean, it's an interesting situation. You have like three types of players, right? You have the Gemini types, which are like, we are completely above board. We are completely regulated. We got all of the right forms and, you know, they, the compliance costs are crazy and through the roof. And so that's going to be represented in the fees and the freedoms that we you know, do or don't allow you. And, uh, and that's kind of one class. And then you've got this 
class over the other side that is like, oh, we're, um, we're completely about crypto, but we need to be self-accountable. We have self-responsibility. We're about transparency. We're going to create a system that's above board. And, you know, we understand that the incentives of people are generally to try and screw people. So we're going to create tech that helps avoid that so we can create the most robust system possible. Then you have people in the middle who kind of ride on this ethos, but they're kind of doing shady things mm. and you're not really sure where they are. And and so it's like there are, there are definitely different area types of crypto. And um, and I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the regulated one at all. That's probably my least favorite, you know, at least when you have dodgy things in the marketplace, you can call them out and you can say, this is a bad thing. Reputation system hopefully will kick in and people won't use it, right? If they're doing things that are actually bad, you can spread information about it and, and stop doing it. Whereas regulated things, you have people doing dodgy things all the time and people use the word regulated as the stamp of approval as if that means that they're not doing anything dodgy mm. no it probably just means that some politicians taking a cut of it so <laughs> it's like this false sense of security associated with these things so i that's my least favorite side of things i would rather have dodgy things that get uncovered and you can tell the market about it and then their product fails um and obviously my most favorite is people who are trying to create systems that are robust and um if we can if we can focus on that more then that's really the future of, of crypto Absolutely. And you look at all the regulation that the banks have and it hasn't stopped them from committing hundreds of billions of dollars in crime that they've been caught for. Yeah, like ben, Madoff. Been caught for. ben Madoff was completely regulated. Yeah. Dang, that lot of good that did with protecting people, you know, like Enron, this completely regulated environment, mm -hmm. like that didn't protect people either. So it's this completely false sense of security where people are like, oh, we need to protect consumers. And that's why, you know, government. And it just doesn't work like that. You've got to realize that there are very self-interested people putting these laws forward. That's just how it all works. So again, they're not your friends. That's right. That's right. <laughs> to watch the video version of this episode, please visit Naomi Brockwell TV on YouTube, BitChute or Library.io. A huge thank you to my Bitbacker and Patreon supporters. And thanks to you for listening to this episode of Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future with Naomi Brockwell. I'm a Bitcoin fan and I'm scaring the